Welcome back to Sidewalk to Skyline podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Rogers. Today, uh, my guest is Jennifer Hyde. She's the executive director at the Leamington Community Hope Center. Uh, they're located in downtown Leamington, Ontario, at the uh, old Knox Presbyterian Church. The church closed down. This uh, organization incorporated as a charity and opened their doors in January. Uh, we're going to hear more about uh, some of the activities, uh, but uh, right now what I'd like to do is introduce Jennifer Hyde. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for having me today. Yeah, great great to have you on, Jennifer, and uh, really, I guess, gotten to know each other uh, since uh, you and your husband, Roy, and the family moved to Leamington, mm -hmm. and, and uh, I knew of you guys before that, uh, because when my kids were in youth group, they used to uh, take uh, trips to Petrolia and hang out with the youth group that was in the church you guys That's were at. That's right. There. I remember them well, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so, um, okay, so you and I uh, step onto an elevator and uh, we're going to the 30th floor and uh, you've got, it's a fast elevator, so you've got <laughs> three minutes to tell me about Leamington Community Hope Center and go. All right, three minutes, wow. Okay, well, um, we are, at its core, we are a faith-based organization. And really our mandate is just to help and serve people in loving and practical ways. Now, as you mentioned, we are a nonprofit organization. We are based in the heart of downtown Leamington at the Old Knox Presbyterian Church on Erie Street. And the way we look at our programming is we really base it on four key pillars of health. So the first one being physical health, uh, next is mental health, social health, and then lastly is spiritual health. So our physical health programs would be our drop-in center, our donation center, and our pantry, which is our take-home grocery service. Um, our mental and uh, social programming would revolve around addiction services and different social clubs that we offer. And then lastly is our spiritual health programming. And that's really where we walk alongside our guests as they travel through a spiritual journey and kind of help them really discover who God is and what it means that God loves me. So like I said, really our, our mandate is just to help people in the Leamington downtown core. Wow, and we're only at floor 22. All so right. You did very well. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, you're, you're new as the executive director just, uh, well, at the time we're recording in July, and uh, how long have you been there now? Yes, I've been there since middle of February, so very yeah, new. Very new. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, you're also relatively new to Leamington? We are. We moved to the area about a year ago, actually. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's, it, first impressions are always uh, important. And mm -hmm. uh, what what are you? How would you describe Leamington? Wow, we absolutely love Leamington. It really is a thriving and growing community. Um, what I am surprised about in terms of what we're offering at the center is uh, I would have expected a lot of homelessness, which there is some homelessness, but what we're finding even more so is people who are just down and out. They're at a situation in life where it's either, you know, you, you pay for your rent 
or you feed your family and yourself and they can't yeah. do both. And that's really the bulk of the clients we're finding coming in through the doors in Leamington. But as a whole, it is a great community. There are a lot of good resources there. Uh, there just needs to be more. I, I think that's uh, becoming more and more true in, in uh, most of our Canadian cities. Absolutely, yeah. I think that's why it's so important for something like the Hope Center or for your organizations, Feeding Windsor Essex, that mm -hmm. they're playing such a vital role in bettering their local communities as a whole. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. We're, we'll we'll talk more about you know some of the activities of the center, uh, some of that story. But I'm interested in hearing uh, your story. Okay. And uh, so this is uh, actually being a an executive director is that's kind of a new vocation for you. Mm-hmm. It's new. So tell me about your life. Tell me uh, where you come from and uh, some of the uh, paths that you've been on through through this journey. Okay. Well, I was born and raised in Oshawa, Ontario. Um, I was raised in a solid Christian home, a lot of love there, and you know, Jesus was always a, an important part of my life growing up, which I appreciate having that foundation as a child. Um, by the time I was a teenager, I really started to understand kind of the role that God plays in our lives and, and how important that hope is that we have in Jesus. And uh, as a teenager, I had a lot of opportunity to travel around and um, I would get to sing and speak at various locations. And um, a lot of that was focused in downtown Toronto, mm -hmm. which was a huge eye opener for me. Um, what I was finding, I think myself and a lot of other people, we have this assumption that um, the homeless population that you know, either they're terrible people or they, they've had this catastrophic event in their life. But what I was discovering through that is that's not necessarily the case. Now that is, that does happen, but a lot of it is just those little everyday choices that we make. And we're, we're just one step away really of changing the entire course of our life by those little individual decisions. So it was an interesting journey for me to kind of discover that through various street outreach programs that I was involved in. Um, a little more about me. So when I was 15, I met um, and started dating the person that would become my husband. So I was 15 at the time and he was 16. Yeah. Yep, uh, also in Oshawa and we got married, had a couple of wonderful kids, adult children now, and uh, we stayed in Oshawa for a little while. So I started building a real estate career for myself and he at the time was working in the school board. And if you know Oshawa at all, you know South Oshawa. South Oshawa is a very difficult, tough area. Yeah. Uh, there is a major gang concentration in South Oshawa. And actually also at the time when he was working there, it was the uh, teen pregnancy capital of Canada, per capita, mm. was right in South Oshawa. So he was working in the school, mentoring and uh, leading some after school sports programs and things. And he would come home with just the just these stories that were heartbreaking and it was terrible to hear the situations that these kids and these teens were in especially as a mom having young kids myself at yeah. that stage yeah so we at one point you know i, I wanted to bring all those kids home that wasn't <laughs> yeah. legal um so at one point we just we really felt god calling us to 
just sell our house and move down to that area and just embed ourselves in that community. Hemmed and hawed about that quite a bit, um, but we we went ahead and did that. You should that. have talked to a real estate agent. <laughs> they could have right. advised you against that. <laughs> and that they would. <laughs> uh, but you know what? We made that decision. It was rather shocking when we would tell you know our family and friends. And I'm not going to lie, it was a little scary bringing my children into that environment. Um, but you know, we thought we would go there and make this huge impact, and we did have the opportunity to to work with some kids, but even more so they impacted us and the things we were able to learn from that and stuff that we would use in our future that we didn't realize at the time. Mm -hmm. So it was a great learning experience. Um, and through that from there, you know, seasons change, life happens, and we ended up moving to Petrolia, which isn't too far from here. Is that kind of like the polar opposite of South Oshawa? It very much is, yeah. yes. Small farming community. <laughs> yeah. Petrolia is a wonderful town. Yeah. And that's where our children spent the bulk of their childhood and their teenage years. And uh, like I said, it was a great town, but of course life happens and I, we, it's expensive. Kids are expensive. And I got in the business world again and I was uh, working for the bank at mm -hmm. that time in the banking and finance industry. And I enjoyed my career. Uh, I had a lot of great opportunities through that, but I was just never fulfilled and I never felt like I was, I was doing enough. And uh, so I was a branch manager for about 10 years for a major bank, uh, which was great. And then uh, most recently I had moved into a corporate executive role. Um, and like I said, it was just never really fulfilling. And I, I always wanted something a little bit different in my career. And uh, yeah, eventually the Hope Center came along and that's totally changed the course of where I'm headed. Yeah, now when, when you um, took the position, um, was that just kind of like, yes, this is it, I wanna do this? Or did you struggle with it? Like, because yes. you, you, you hadn't worked in that sector per se, although being in a church all your life, your husband being a pastor, I'm sure that you had a a, a good conditioning, uh, mm -hmm. let's say. Mm -hmm. um, well, I'll tackle that part first, okay. um, being in a church and being involved in the community. I think that's so important. And honestly, I think we still have such a long way to go in that. Mm -hmm. And I am grateful to be part of a community-minded church, and I love that. But again, I think we um, we struggle finding that balance of offering those inward programs, which are important. You know, let's develop and encourage Christians. But we also need to find that balance of outward reaching programs and how do we get into the community to share God's love. So I think mm -hmm. we're, st we're getting there, yeah. but uh, we still have some work to do. And, you know, I see the church really as a training facility and that's where we should be equipping and training and empowering Christians to then go into the world to preach the gospel in practical and loving ways. Yeah. And I am so, I'm so grateful for the many volunteers that we have from our churches, mm -hmm. uh, whether it be at the Hope Center or your programs or just in the community in general, the people that are called to volunteer and yeah. to do missions work and whether that be full time or, or whenever they can squeeze that in, in their yeah. family life. Yeah. And I think it's those people that are really going to lead the way in changing our, 
our culture and our mindset of the way we do church. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, I think I think you're very correct in in talking about the church needs to be a place that that uh, people um, get trained in absolutely in loving their neighbor. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I um, when when you were in your teens and youth group and you were going with teams downtown Toronto. Uh, are there any um, memories or stories of experiences you had doing some of that 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 just kind of um, formed something in you? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think it goes back to, like I was saying earlier, it's those little life choices that people were making along the way. Yeah. And I would be sitting there with, you know, a, a, a teenage girl that it was just coming off the street that... Mm-hmm. You know, she had no other way to provide for herself other than uh, offering her body in those yeah. situations. And here I am coming from this great home and same age, mm-hmm. right? And just seeing how vastly different our lives are. And, mm-hmm. you know, I had Jesus and I had that hope and she was still searching. And to have that opportunity to just share that and say, hey, mm-hmm. you know what? Someone loves you for for who you are inside versus what you can offer. Right. Those right. things really stood out to me at the time yeah yeah part of the ministry of a church is teaching and proclamation uh, but sitting in a a church uh, with uh, the air conditioning on and and a, a comfortable chair or a padded pew and the multimedia and and uh, lots of uh, safe people sitting around you um, it's it's easy to um, hear and comprehend things, but it's another thing when when you get out of the church and and you go on mission, mm-hmm. and you have that five senses experience. Absolutely. And uh, so um, you know, volunteers at at LCHC, uh, um, you've got mm-hmm. uh, 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 a lot of volunteers actually for for just getting started we do yes we have an amazing group of people from you know some of them come from our local churches some of them from various community organizations but they are just willing to to spend their time and you know they're just chatting with people and playing board games and watching movies and it's incredible to see those relationships developing yeah yeah. yeah, and I'll just answer your question. You had said to me, you know, how I kind of ended up in this role yeah. because it oh, is yeah, vastly yeah. different. And it's a bit of an interesting story because, uh, you know, when we moved here, like you said, about a year ago, um, we, I was just feeling unsettled. And my husband jokes it was my midlife crisis. But <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. Eh? Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> but I was. I was just, you know, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted change. Yeah. And, uh, he actually, a friend of ours was speaking with me and, and that person said to me, you know, if you had your dream job, what would it be? And I said, I would love to be an executive director of a nonprofit organization. And that's actually the term I used. And to me at that point, that was just a pipe dream. There was no way, you know, that would actually happen until one day, um, <laughs> my husband, he had a meeting with the board of what would become the Leamington Community Hope Center. And they told him all about the vision and, you know, what they, what th- their heart for Leamington as a whole, and that they were in search of an executive director and they wanted somebody that could bring that business acumen and a love for people, et cetera. And, 
he came home and it was late. I didn't realize it was almost midnight, but he came home and he said, I think I found the perfect job for you. I was like, tell me about it. And he, he shared and I was so excited. And I'm like, you need to call them right now. Like, <laughs> please just reach out. Yeah. And much to my dismay, he would not. Uh, but the next day I was able to get a hold of them and we met and had an interview and it went really, really well. And I loved, again, hearing their vision. And I was, I was so excited about that. And they offered me the role. And you would think I would jump all over it, but I am ashamed to say I turned it down. I actually, I got cold feet and I didn't, I didn't have the faith I needed to jump right in. And I'm thinking, okay, I've got this great career that I've built. And, you know, with that comes security and all those great benefits. And I thought, oh, I can't walk away from it. And then a lot of sleepless nights and back and forth. And I had, I had turned the job down. And my husband and I, we lead the young adults group at our church. Mm -hmm. And we were at young adults and there I was speaking about, you know, going all in for God and getting out of your comfort zone <laughs> and taking that step of faith and following yeah. God's plan. And I, I heard myself speaking and I looked over at my husband and I was like, what have I done? Yeah. <laughs> in that moment, I was like, what have I done? Do so, as I say, not as I do. Exactly, yeah, yes. Yeah. So I got a hold of the board right away and I said, would you reconsider me? And they had grace enough to meet with me again. And, uh, and you know, we came to an agreement and I, and I took the position and I will never look back. Like what a great choice and yeah. a great opportunity that was there for me. If I can just dig in a little bit there, mm -hmm. you know, um, this, um, we we can see opportunities that excite us that that seem like a, a good challenge for us personally, mm -hmm. uh, but then we can hit that impasse. And uh, what why do you think that the first the first time you you said no? Hmm. Um, like like unpack that because yeah. I, I I think that you know that's not. A unique thing. I think a lot of people go through that. So, mm -hmm. so what? What was, what was the inner dialogue that was saying? I don't know. Yeah, that is a great question. Um, I think for me, like I said, I just I had security. I was safe, and what and and security means security in terms of you know a, a solid career, long term path ahead of me, right? Financially, and it was yeah. secure for me. Whereas this is a risk; it is a startup, right? And so there's you're weighing those things. And so it's so risk is an important part of risk taking, is important taking a step of faith, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And then their self doubt comes in like, mm -hmm. am I capable of doing this? Mm -hmm. All my experiences in finance and, mm -hmm. and business management, and am I going to be able to do this? Or am I a fraud? Am I trying to kid myself? Right? right? So we deal with that human side of it, I think. And then I, I just, I had to just go back to what I know and what I've been taught that, you know what, you have to get out of your comfort zone. Nothing great happens in your comfort zone. You've got to take that step outside of that and just trust. And I knew at the heart of it what I was called to do. And I knew that I wanted to work with people and I wanted to make an impact. Not that you can't do that in the business world, but I knew that my role was to do it differently. And uh, yeah, I just, like I said, I was sitting there and I was preaching it and speaking it to this next generation and I thought, 
again, what have I done? I right. walked away from that. Right, mm-hmm. right. Uh, I think it's um, interesting how uh, sometimes the, the people that do the best in a, in a role or in a, in a, a, a task um, are not necessarily the people that walked a straight line to get there. And, and sometimes um, it's the way that life has shaped you otherwise mm-hmm. that actually um, uh, amplifies or multiplies the effectiveness. You know, uh, if you had, um, you know, been a good Christian girl that went to Bible college and then, yes. you know, right into uh, working at uh, a church and, and be doing that all the way. Um, you might be great at it. You might be very effective. And, uh, but sometimes the people that God uses have this whole other life experience that, that somehow informs, you know, what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and the other thing I I find is that open doors, uh, from God, um, aren't always, um, us going on a massive search like you weren't on the internet doing job searches to find out you know where can I do this Uh or maybe you were I don't know no no No. but but out of the blue uh here's an open door Uh, that's right yeah and we just have to take that step of faith to walk through that door right and that's where I was struggling yeah what do you think we're afraid of when it comes to those kind of risks? I mean, myself, security is, is one thing, right? Not want to lose what you have. Yeah, myself, I'm, I think it's failure. I think yeah. because I am very driven and yeah. I, a type personality, I want to do everything to perfection. Yeah. Go stepping into the unknown where I'm not the expert in this, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I can bring my skill set to this and, and I can, you know, I have something to offer, right. but I don't have that expertise. Yeah. But what I've learned too, it's, I don't have to be an expert in everything, right? I can rely on partnerships yeah. and, and you folks played a role in that, that we, it's okay to be vulnerable and it's okay to say, hey, I don't know this, yeah. but yeah. can you help me with this, right? Yeah. So. For um, for people who are listening or watching the podcast, um, uh, the church I'm at, New Song Church in Windsor, we have uh, some uh, developed outreach programs, one of which is Feeding Windsor Essex. Uh, and that part of that is another thing called Street Angels. And, and so we're doing a lot of work in, in the community space around uh, food security and helping churches to uh, develop a hospitality and loving their neighbor, uh, uh, caring for uh, the homeless population. And so what you're referring to was that uh, uh, we were able to come alongside in, in the beginnings and uh, uh, just help you guys uh, get started. And it didn't take you guys long to figure out what you were doing. <laughs> we're still figuring it out, but yes. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, first of all, let me say uh, how appreciative we are of that. Your organization and Street Angels, they they really set it up for us and they got us up and running and, like I said, set it up for success. So we are uh, we are eternally grateful for that. So thank you. Yeah, um, yeah it, it's been quite the journey and we have grown very, very quickly. <laughs> yeah, you have. Uh, well, I think part of that, um, I mean, I think they, they hired well you know, in terms of an executive yeah. director <laughs> who, who didn't feel qualified and, and uh, didn't know if she could do it, but she's doing it. You know, that's part of it. But I think another part of the story is really uh, those entrepreneurs. Uh, talk a bit about um, the team that first started wrapping their head around the idea that we need to do something in Leamington because um, the... Uh, the, the poverty uh, is pervasive and it's it's uh, becoming more apparent on the streets mm -hmm. and uh, talk about the those those people that uh, you can use your names if you want I, 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 unless unless they asked you to sign a non-disclosure <laughs> you know uh, feel free to talk about uh, the people that uh, that got this thing going absolutely so it is uh three local entrepreneurs, very successful men that are running very successful businesses. Uh, the first one being Peter Quiring. Mm -hmm. So Peter is of Nature Fresh and South Essex Fabrication. Mm -hmm. And he he has an incredible story as well. You need to have him on your podcast, actually. We probably we probably should. Yeah. Yes. So he is uh, he walked through the whole business world, and you know he was conquering that world, and he just came to faith recently. And I don't know all the details wow. of that, but I believe it's three to four years ago. Wow. And his his mentality shifted, mm -hmm. and he's now. Um, you know, it used to be the the art of the business deal that would that would excite Peter, and now it's just helping people. And wow. he's such a genuine person, and he's down there, hands on, just sitting alongside these these gentlemen coming in for these various yeah. services, and it's incredible to see. And then uh, George Bergen mm -hmm. is involved as well. He is um, he's one of the founders of the Bridge in Leamington, okay. mm -hmm. which is uh, another organization for youth. And mm -hmm. they're doing incredible things. They've been around for quite some time. And George, again, has has a heart for outreach and for reaching people um, with, the, with the message of hope and the message of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And then lastly is Henry Neufeld. Mm -hmm. uh, so Henry is... Um, Henry is just, when you meet him, he's just so much joy radiating from him. Yeah. You can't even describe it. He's got this great laugh and such a genuine heart for yeah. loving people. And again, you know, he's down there. Um, if we need something done around the building, we call Henry and he's got a crew of like 15, 20 guys that are there the <laughs> next day just wanting to help. So they really, they're big dreamers and they are visionaries and they came together and they said, what can we do to make a difference here, a lasting difference in the town and what is needed and what are the gaps? Mm. And uh, they came together with this vision, like you said, they incorporated back in the fall and they created this strategic plan that is, it's so vast. There's so many amazing things that they want to see happening. Sometimes I have to rein them in and slow them down and mm -hmm. see one step at mm -hmm. a time. Uh, but it's incredible to have their vision and also their support. They've, yeah. they've created an environment where it's okay for us as a staff 
to try something yeah, and yeah. learn from it and change it or or maybe just move on to something totally different they've they've empowered us to be able to do that as we follow God's leading and together kind of bring this vision to life yeah it really is a great team yeah there's uh yeah I mean it, it's it's really incredible uh like all three of those guys uh have done extremely well right they absolutely they know how to do business and uh, uh they have m many many employees and and uh, and I'm I don't know all of their businesses, but you know, in some cases, it's it's global, right? Absolutely. The the, the, the they work in uh, in big pictures, mm -hmm. and and yet uh, having that heart and that vision for the least of these in their Absolutely. community that's that's so beautiful. I think I think that that's that's a, a another really neat part of the LCHC story is, is these guys, uh, because how many, um, you know, uh, business people, um, are going to a local church, uh, and, and they're, you know, um, sitting in the pew and, and taking it all in and, you know, putting their money in the offering and, and, uh, you know, maybe they go to the men's breakfast or, or the the women's gathering or you know there but church is almost it, it's important to them it's part of their spiritual nurture but it kind of is when I go mm -hmm. and that's that's how connected I am into the church that's right but when the mission takes over your life and and you say I'm on it I'm on a mission with God and 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 the world uh, is is my mission field. I need to I need to figure out how to do that. Mm -hmm. um, that's that's I, those those guys, man. Yeah, you're. I, I do need to have Peter on. Maybe I need to have all of them <laughs> you on. You do. Yeah. You do. Yeah, and just explore that whole idea of you know putting 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 shoes on 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 the gospel and absolutely yeah. yeah they are the ones again going back to you know our discussion about church being not just inward focused these yeah. are the people that are trailblazers in the fact yeah. of you know reaching into the community and using their their business mindset and the gift yeah. they've been given yeah. to have this huge positive impact which yeah. is and, incredible and and Wolfgang uh, Weber, he's yes. he's part of the the board. Or? He is part of the board. Yes. Yeah. So he was their mm -hmm. interim executive director. Mm -hmm. um, Wolfgang is a brilliant business mind, mm -hmm. and he was alongside of them in the beginning, and still today. Yeah. And he uh, kind of set them up and helped them out with you know creating that business structure and what that that side of it needs to look like. Yeah. And uh, yet now he's a member of the board, and he's been a huge help for my, myself personally. Uh, you know, he's the first one to answer the phone to, and say, hey, I'm coming down to sit alongside you. We'll figure this out together. So, yeah. Yeah. An incredible person. I, I'm so used to seeing startups like missions that are in a ratty old storefront and mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, they're um, uh, begging for every donation they can get and and running around to grocery stores to get food and 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 and, yeah. and that kind of mom and pop operation in in charity um 
it, it, it's one thing when you feel that calling, oh, you know, I, I just really would like to have a soup kitchen. And uh, so some, you sometimes people will, will want to, to, to have that uh, unfold in their life. Um, I mean, LCHC, uh, like I've never seen such a startup, like it's, it's starting with at such a advanced level, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a great thing to see. It really is a unique opportunity, like you said. Yeah. You know, we're in a bit of a different situation. We were able to to have this beautiful building mm -hmm. to be able to operate out of with so much space. Yeah. So now it's yeah. determining how do we use that effectively. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I will give you the heads up if you have them on your podcast. Allocate about four hours worth four of time. Hours. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll need more cameras. <laughs> That's right, for sure. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a Zoom call with them. Yeah. Um, but again, this idea of, you know, finding, um, you know, shoes for the gospel. How do you uh, put something together? How do you get into it? And sometimes the, the person who says, I want to work in a soup kitchen or I want to I start a soup kitchen, um, there, there needs to be more definition to it, right? Like mm -hmm. that, this is a good business plan when you actually are saying, okay, well, no, I actually have to define it in, in multiple ways. We have to, because the person who wants to open a soup kitchen could be a person who just really likes soup <laughs> and likes making soup and thinks everybody should have soup, you know. Uh, they could be a person who uh, isn't really interested in, in making the soup. They want to sit down at the table and, and uh, just be close to the people that are, are coming, mm -hmm. you know, and then, and then, you know, um, other people, they, they want to help, they want to, but they don't want to be in charge. They don't want to run something. And then, yep. and then you got the executive director mm -hmm. who's, um, you know, your, your job is, is not, uh, going in every day and sitting at the table for a few hours um with the guests that are coming in right right yes yeah you're right everybody's role is very very different and everybody's passion is very very different yeah. and it takes all of those type of people it takes all of those personalities yeah you know i've had the opportunity to go to a few different churches and we we speak about what we're doing and we're, we're asking for volunteers mm -hmm. and we take some time to go through that you know let's identify what your gifts are Yep. And then let's place you according to those gifts. Yeah. So we have people that are on the floor and sitting and just having those conversations. But equally as important is somebody who's in the back room washing the clothes that comes in for mm -hmm. donations and mm -hmm. folding those clothes. And it takes all of those people working together right. to make this successful. So I'm very, um, I'm grateful for that, that all those types of people exist. And I'm excited to have more of them come on board. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, tell me about some some of the people that are coming to the center, and and you mentioned that it's it's not um, an abundance of uh, people who are uh, truly homeless, but it's it's more of uh, people who are on assistance or uh, ODSP, a, a disability pension, uh, or working full-time at a minimum wage job and and being below the poverty line right like there's a there's a mix but um, mm -hmm. 
as as you've been going along, tell me about some of the some of the characters you're meeting. Absolutely. It is such a diverse group. Yeah. Uh, we have those people who are homeless coming in. We have those people who are down and out. Um, there's such a population of people in addiction right now. And that's mm -hmm. one of the key focuses of the center as well. So we have a lot of addicts coming in, um, just seeking help. Mm -hmm. uh, we have, you know, characters. Yes, we have one gentleman that just, he's new to the country and he comes in because he's trying to learn English. And he just wants to sit down with our volunteers and speak English yeah. with them to develop that. So it's, it's very interesting to see how vastly different each personality is. Yeah. Yeah. And hearing their stories, they're all such unique stories. And uh, it's been it's been really interesting in that sense to kind of, again, our assumptions are so wrong, mm. our assumptions about these people. Yeah. And it's just these little choices that changed their path. And now yeah. they're realizing that if I had my time back, I'd do something a little bit differently. But the thing I'm discovering most with what with the people coming in, my assumption again would have been their biggest need is food or clothing right let's it's those emergency things but really what the bulk of the people are looking for is just genuine human interaction and connection yeah and i think we've lacked that for so long that's what they need so they will come in, they can get what they need and they can leave, but we're open from six to 10 and they will come in and they will spend their evening with us mm -hmm. because they want to sit down and they just want to feel seen and heard yeah. and loved. And that's where our volunteers thrive. You know, they're just, they're there. They're, like I said, playing a board game or watching a movie or chatting and sharing a meal. And they're really just being that listening ear for somebody that needs yeah. to talk and communicate. So yeah. it's interesting to watch that process. Yeah. Um, talk a bit about the, uh, the spiritual part of the program. Uh, that's, uh, uh, by the time the podcast is aired, uh, you'll be just starting in, uh, this fall, right? Yes. And uh, so talk a little bit about some of the ideas that uh, around around spiritual formation. Mm -hmm. Yes. So when someone comes in through the doors, uh, primarily they're coming in first and foremost for the drop-in program. That's where we're meeting them. And you know, we've come to the realization that's not necessarily the best time to deliver a sermon to somebody. They're not in that state of mind. Uh, so let's meet their immediate needs yeah. first. And then we look at our programs as kind of an arc of services. So that first piece is meeting their immediate needs and that's through the drop-in and the donation center, etc. And that second step then is um, rehabilitation type programs. So we offer Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, uh, Al-Anon, which is kind of that support program for families of addicts. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of that reintegration piece, mm -hmm. um, sorry, rehabilitation piece. And yep. then step three is the reintegration. Mm -hmm. And that is job skills, training and life skills and yeah. cooking classes. Mm -hmm. So we try to walk people through step one, step two, step three. But amongst all of that, 
the foundation of everything we do is faith-based and Christian values. Mm -hmm. So as they're walking through those steps, we have Christian mentors um, that offer like a counseling service for them. Mm -hmm. um, we offer Christian-based programs. We have a, a part of our AA is like a small group spiritual discussion. Mm -hmm. And then in September, we're super excited to be launching um, kind of a scaled down version of church. Mm -hmm. So it's it's very much the basics of who is God. And mm -hmm. um, a lot of these people, they don't have a dad that loves them. So we're, we're tackling things like what is what is a heavenly father? What does it mean that my heavenly father loves me? Mm -hmm. And then from there, our our prayer and our hope is that we get them plugged in to a local church. And we're starting to see that now. So it's so exciting to see how God is working through our volunteers that now these people that have come through the doors, they've gone to AA and they're on a better track. And now they're actually going to church and sitting in the pew alongside our volunteers, Yeah, which is amazing to see. And that's really the whole reason we do what we do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and Leamington uh, is very much of a, agricultural center it's uh so many uh greenhouses and and food processing and and, and all that kind of thing um there's a lot of uh people that come from other parts of the world uh to work work in the in that sector mm -hmm. and uh i know you're just a, a year in but what are some of the things that you're you're seeing about uh needs within the migrant worker Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, we our drop-in program a large portion of that is migrant workers coming mm -hmm. in um, a lot of them were wanting to go to our addiction programs mm -hmm. but weren't able to sit through it and really understand so there was mm -hmm. no value for them right so something we recently launched is a Spanish version of AA and it is packed it is great like i mean it's great that they're attending not great they're in that situation but that we can offer something like that uh, we have a spanish-based bible study that happens on sundays mm. uh, so it's you know we're still kind of growing in that area and we're determining where where the gaps are and what the needs are yeah but we are welcoming to everybody at the center and yeah. we're looking for ways to integrate and offer more services for the migrant workers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. what, how, what, what kind of, um, generally speaking, uh, there's always going to be the odd character, mm -hmm. but for the guests that are coming in, uh, what's, what's their impression of what goes on? Are they um, uh, coming back with regularity? Are they... Uh, appreciative or are they always trying you know uh, what, what what's the the climate of uh, mm -hmm. the guest yeah it's actually interesting to see uh, I would have expected to have a lot more challenges than we have mm -hmm. uh, we average about 45 to 55 people a night mm -hmm. and th for the most part they're very respectful they know that we are faith-based. They know we have our code of conduct, our expectations of behavior, and they follow that no problem. Mm -hmm. And they know that we're trying to do good for them and offer them something to yeah. help them. So they are very respectful. And it's interesting to see that they actually 
kind of police each other and mm-hmm. they, they, they tend to have relationships with each other. So, uh, you know, we had one person a couple of weeks ago that was getting a little heated and escalated and he was upset we were closing and someone else uh, that typically sits very quietly stood up and, and got him in line. So they, they're <laughs> yeah. like, no, these people are great people with good intentions. Yeah. Sit down, right? So yeah. they're kind of, they police each other. Um, and, and it's really interesting to see their own relationships develop in a safe location as mm-hmm. well. You know, they're not out on the street confronting each other. We have set programming and a safe location for them to come in. And yeah, it's, it's a journey to watch for us and it's yeah. a journey for themselves as well. Some, um, city missions uh, that I've uh, had an observation of. There, there are times when, uh, you know, the police and the ambulance uh, are going to be um, there sometimes, uh, you know, th- three times uh, in a day. Mm-hmm. There's emergency services coming uh, just just because of the the level of brokenness and chaos and ill health and everything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you guys haven't uh, called the the police and the ambulance uh, very much. We've only had to do that twice so yeah. far, yeah. and um, one situation was just a mental health crisis, and mm-hmm. they were able to intervene. The other one, uh, someone came on the property that shouldn't have been on the property, and again very respectful you know we just explained the situation and he was super respectful and left now that's not to say we're not going to have more challenges in the future going forward you know i'm not naive to think oh everything's going to be great (laughs) um but so far we again we just we haven't had to deal with any major hurdles as of yet Mm -hmm. i'm sure they're coming but it hasn't been too bad yeah i think the uh the uh, hospitality, the the relationship building that happens is is central to uh, maintaining that um, safe space. Absolutely, yep, I agree wholeheartedly, and it's it's at that point now because they're getting to know our volunteers. Yeah, they know what volunteers are there on certain days. We try to mix that up a little for safety of our volunteers, yeah. but they're yeah. getting to know them and know that these people are here to help you and invest in your life. And you know, if you need shoes, we're going to the back room. We're getting you shoes, mm-hmm. right? So there is that yeah. level of respect, like you said, yeah. based on relationship. Yeah. Um, are there uh... Uh, we're uh, just about out of time, but are, are there uh, any other things that uh, you wanted to, to share or, or talk about uh, in relation to uh, LCHC or uh, ministry in general? Or <laughs> Yeah, I'm just super excited about really focusing on creating partnerships with our local churches. Mm-hmm. And... You know, we, I mentioned earlier about how our board and our staff are big dreamers. And I think it's so important to to come alongside our local churches and dream together. Yeah. And I think the only way we're going to be able to be as impactful as we want to be is to work alongside other organizations within the community and our local churches. And, you know, when we're working together and we create yeah. that cohesion and collaboration, that's when we're going to see huge impact and see God move across the community in in such a bigger way than we can do on our own. Yeah. Yeah. That interdependence, Mm -hmm. um, the, the death knell I've seen in, 
in uh, agencies and churches is when you get one that thinks, oh, we're, we're going to do it all ourselves," And, and uh, no, we don't care what anybody else is doing. We, oh, we, we won't speak well of others. We're, we're the only thing. That's right. And, and that, that just ends up crippling an organization and killing it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, we're all trying to accomplish something together. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It makes sense to figure out how to work together effectively yeah. so that we can accomplish that greater good. Yeah, you mix and you mingle and you figure out who your allies are and you work with them. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, thanks so much uh, for uh, sharing the uh, Leamington story today. Thank you for having me. This yeah. has been great. Yes, I didn't know some of it would be a therapy session. That's good. Well, you know, <laughs> sorry, the, you never the know pastor had, I can't help that. I'm sorry. That's right. That's right. No, this is great. Thank yeah. you so much for having me today. You bet, Jennifer. I'm so glad that God is still calling people like Jennifer Hyde to come to the least of these in our cities. And it gives me hope knowing that uh, the gospel is changing lives. On our next episode, I'm going to be interviewing Bobby Reham. Bobby uh, struggled for many, many years, uh, actually from uh, childhood, really, with addiction. During uh, a release from prison during the early days of COVID, he was released uh, from jail and had nowhere to go but Tent City in Hamilton. So as he struggled uh, as a homeless person in Tent City and within minutes was reacquainted with his bad habits, he uh, was taking fentanyl and, and other things that were so destructive. But in the midst of that, um, God got a hold of him, brought him to Windsor where he entered into recovery. And uh, so the next story is one that just, uh, uh, you know, we talk about miracles. Uh, Bobby Ream's story is miraculous. So until next time, be sure to like and subscribe this podcast. And uh, I'll be back with my interview with Bobby Ream. I'm Kevin Rogers, and you're listening to Sidewalk Skyline Podcast.